0: Welcome back to the Social Seller Podcast with Connor Paulson. I am so excited. You know this has been years in the making. Today we have a special guest, not only a friend, we're gonna take a wild turn today and dive into some stuff that we've gotten feedback from and it's in relationships, not only business, right? Now, what is the social seller? It goes way beyond sell or, you know selling and being a salesperson. It's about living the highest quality life, right? Now, in sales, whether you're in it or not, we're selling ourselves every single day, right? We want that promotion, we want a job, um, we want to convince that guy or girl to go on a date with us, right? It also comes to the quality of our relationships in life, right? Brother, sister to maybe someone you're attracted to and the relationships in business. So today we're going to really dive in deep and I'm excited because not only have I known Steph for a, I'd say five a months. Oh, you haven't six been months? here a year. You've been here. How long?
1: In About seven six, seven months. Okay. We yeah. met within
0: the first month. I feel like yeah. you're here. Yeah. So I'm excited. Steph is 25 years old grew up in the Midwest, Madison, Wisconsin. I have a couple of close friends that grew up in Madison, which is so cool yeah, because no something, something magical comes. Um, <laughs> you're in finance investments and in banking and risk management and insurance. You double majored. First off, it took me, I had to ask her three separate times the, the meaning of all three because <laughs> I couldn't write fast enough. You were named San Diego's handstand queen and you are the host of the Plan D podcast and you are also a data scientist. Yeah. You are ridiculously smart, and you, you know things that I have no idea, like it's just not in the realm of understanding it, so I'm excited to dive in. And Steph, you were born in Madison. What brought you to San Diego?
1: Oof, now that's a loaded question, kind of like a loaded potato, but I can't eat them because I can't eat dairy, <laughs> even though I'm from Wisconsin. How about that? Um, so I actually wanted to move to New York City, and that was the plan that was the goal. New York has my heart as always, like it's the best city in the world. I will argue with anyone, but Covid hit, and I realized that the city I loved was no longer the city that I loved, and so I applied to one job out here. My background's in finance, so this job was a data science job, and I was so underqualified. It was disgusting how underqualified I was, but I somehow made it through interviews and got this one job offer, and I was like, maybe this is a sign. Like, I only applied to one job here, and I've never really been here, so... My parents were like, you're a Cali girl. You love the ocean. You love the sun. I had never really been to Cali. So, um. so wait,
0: why did your parents <laughs> do they want you out of the house?
1: Probably, <laughs> right? It's like you're a Cali girl. Just yeah, go, just you're an Idaho girl. Get that job in Idaho. No, I'm kidding, but they, um, I think they really just know that the warm weather brings me so much happiness, and I'm, I get seasonal depression. So they're like, you need to get out there, get that sunshine. It's the most beautiful city in the world. Um, so yeah, I decided to just take a chance on myself, get on a plane, I shipped my car, I signed a lease over the internet, I'd never seen the building, and I moved across the country by myself. Damn. So yeah, it was, it was a big move.
0: So mad props, because Thank
1: you.
0: where we grew up in the country, it's not that common, right? It yeah. does happen, and you and me can probably name off a few other people, like on one or two hands max, no more than two hands, right? Right, right. right. But with those people, usually I'm starting to realize living in San Diego now two and a half years, a lot of people, not just from the Midwest, East Coast, I'm meeting people all over that are coming out here almost for the same reason. Like something right. about, you know, this is a generalization, but it's like something inside them is like pulling them towards something. There's something more yeah. maybe to experience in life. And I feel yeah. like maybe at this time in life, it, it might be right. And
1: might be the time.
0: We're gonna just dive in because I remember in our first conversation. It was, you know, so what'd you, why'd you make the move, right? Yeah. A fellow Midwesterner that yeah. grew up in...
1: The middle of the, nowhere.
0: The middle of nowhere, yeah. yeah. I was going to say bump bug, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah and, exactly. And regardless of where you're at in the country, there's a lot of rural America, and I think that's where we can potentially represent how you can think different and maybe live the life you th- you think you could, but you don't know how yet, right? Yeah,
1: especially when everyone around you is living a different life, and they are all kind of... Sticking to more of a standard and tradition and then you being the black sheep of your family and thinking maybe I should try something completely different even if people think I'm crazy. I think that's really important to follow that gut instinct.
0: Would you say that you're the black sheep? Because I. Oh, yeah. I'm the gray sheep, right? Because like I see. Never heard of that. Well, if there's white hat hackers. So are you kind of like in the middle? Like you have
1: a little bit more of a black sheep. Well, I
0: made the loaded statement of saying I was the black sheep at one point. And you and me both talk about how important self-talk is. Yeah. And I realized that it almost, like, separates me in this way that it, I don't know, it feels a lot more comfortable for, because I have a good relationship with all of my family.
1: Yeah. And so yeah.
0: it's not like I think vastly different, I got away, and I, I almost think that's what a black sheep is. Sometimes. Right. I could just have the wrong definition, right? Right, right. So I'm saying the gray in the sense of when my family and and friends might watch or they support us. Right? I, right. I don't want them to say like, oh, I was different because maybe it was, it's not that I'm, yeah, we're different. We think yeah. different and we're willing to take It doesn't mean better
1: action. or worse. It just means different.
0: Yeah. 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 I agree. So we're going to hop in because you moved out here getting out of a relationship that you were yeah. in for some time. And yeah. can you just talk about, first off, whatever you're willing to share. Yeah. Um, and luckily on this podcast, like yourself, right. It's all about transparency and as, oh, yeah. as comfortable as you're willing to go. And I know you're very transparent. Like individual. literally all the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what, how did you get into this relationship? Just kind of, kind of condense like what happened and how long the relationship was and like why this kind of really encouraged you to move out here. Yeah. Where I think a lot of people could feel like, damn, Everything is going wrong in life. And you saw it as like, oh, shit, this is my opportunity.
1: Right. And don't get me wrong. I was one of those people that was kind of victimizing myself and feeling like this is my future. This is where I'm going to be, I guess. Like, this is what I'm looking for, I guess. And notice how I keep saying, I guess, because it wasn't really what I wanted, but I had to switch that thinking. So I met this person my freshman year of college, and he was perfect on paper, division one athlete. Engineering major, 4.0, parents still together, so he had a very close family, and definitely someone that I would see as a great partner someday. And I would go as far to say, like, maybe the father of my children. So perfect on paper. Um, We spent all of college together. We both, since I double majored, I took four and a half years, he took five with engineering and football. So we spent about five years together, and Near the end of the five years, I mean, obviously, through that amount of time, I grew as a person, and I changed a lot of views on things. I changed a lot of ideas about where I saw myself in the future and where I wanted to be and if I wanted to move, and I had these feelings kind of start infiltrating, and I, and they were like, maybe I want to be single, maybe I want to be alone, maybe I want to try, you know, exploring so many different things about myself that I haven't explored yet because I was almost just too comfortable with this person. And I, I felt like we didn't really branch out. We, we just knew what we knew. And he would come over to my house. We lived in the country on like 300 acres. He would come hunting. He would go with my family. And it was becoming just like, that's going to be my future. They were looking at land next door to my parents. And I was like...
0: How old are you at this point? Just to give us context. Like you're, you're I was at this point
1: 21. And they're talking when, about, like... When they talk about buying land.
0: <laughs> We're going right? to build right next to mom right. and dad. Like, no, this that, was, like no that was his dream. I feel to that. Build, that. scares right. the shit out of right. me. Right.
1: Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Like, I'm, that's I need worse to...
0: than a cell phone contract. Two it years, is... let alone, like, rest of my life. It's worse life. than a
1: rent. Like, yeah. let's love get parents. a lease together. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love my parents, for sure. And it was more of one of those things where, since I'm such a people pleaser, I was like, okay, um... This will make him really happy. This will make my parents really happy. They loved him. They loved him. And I think that was the hardest part, too, when you're in a relationship with someone and you grow these foundations with that person and you become close with their family. They start becoming close with your family. And I just started feeling more and more glued together and tied to him. And when these feelings started coming about of I want to maybe break up, I was Terrified. I actually started really spiraling in terms of my mental health. I thought that I was extremely depressed because I stopped having interest in anything, especially like Like sex. I definitely didn't want to have sex. I would like avoid it at all costs. I would change another room so that he wouldn't, you know, like get any ideas. Like it was really bad. Like I really did not have any interest. And. Then also, I stopped becoming interested in even going on dates because our dates were never fun anyway. <laughs> like, we wouldn't talk. We wouldn't converse. He's not very um, – we just didn't connect on that level. Like, he's he was very high IQ, but not – the EQ wasn't It makes sense where for an I engineer. Like, and and yeah. I'm
0: not going to generalize, but, like,
1: right. you, you it, it see it that takes, high IQ you, yes. a lot of times can – It can compensate with extrovert or introversion for sure. So it was a little bit – I don't know. It was, it was really tough. And so I started seeing a therapist for, honestly, like six months. And what made this even harder was my brother asked him to be in his wedding before I was asked to be in the wedding. So it was... It he was
0: already a part of the family. It's not like he was right. getting close. No, like at so that he was of,
1: in. He was in. Oh, gosh, I didn't yeah. know that part. Yeah, so, so. so he asked to be in... Um, my brother's wedding and, or my brother asked him to be in the wedding. And that was nine months before the wedding. And this was right when I started being like, whoa, I need to like get out of this relationship. So then my brother asked him to be in the wedding and I was like, well, there goes that plan. And so started going to therapy a lot. Um, My therapist, I was trying to convince myself that I was just going through an extreme time in my life of anxiety and depression. And then my therapist was like, no, I think you're just with someone that you don't Love and you don't want to be with, and that's okay. And there's nothing immoral about that. But when you're such a empath and a people person, you don't want to hurt someone else yeah. so badly, and that just hurts you. So I tried to convince myself for months and months until this wedding that I could just do this, like I can make it through the wedding, and then I'll rea- like reassess after. And about a month before the wedding, at the bachelor bachelorette party, um, I was like, I, and it was combined. Which made it really hard. It's not even
0: that common. No, it?
1: it's absolutely not common. But my brother got married very young, and there's a whole, there's levels to this shit. Can I say shit? You can say it. <laughs> okay, Maria.
0: great. Oscar, do you approve? I mean, you draw more f bombs than
1: wonderful because World I, War II. I definitely, I definitely say that. I gave up swearing for Lent, but we're gonna, we're gonna just hold it to just shit. No shit is the only way. Yeah. Okay, so, um, I was planning on doing it the day after this bachelorette party combined party. And because I just couldn't do it anymore, my therapist was like, this is affecting your life, your work, your well-being. I was so stressed out. I stopped sleeping. I would have to take lorazepam to sleep at night. Like, that's just an unhealthy time in my life to be in, and I needed to change something. So the next day, it was so horrible because we had stayed over at his parents' house that night, and he was like, oh, we're going to breakfast with my parents. And his parents literally bought me my gluten-free pancakes. And then in an hour, I was like, I'm about to break up with your son. (laughs) Like, please don't kill me. So, (laughs) so, um, and then to add another layer to this, I tore my butt cheek on the dance floor at the bachelorette party. So I woke up extremely hungover with a torn butt cheek and a broken heart and gluten-free pancakes that I wanted to throw up because his parents bought them for me. So, yeah, it was, it was a crazy time, and um, I eventually was able to do it that day. It was probably the most painful day in my life, physically and mentally, because my butt cheek was literally ripped in half, and I had to be on crutches the next three months. So, um, yeah, that is, that's a, the that's a gist of it, Connor. And uh, honestly, I know that sounds horrifying, but after that whole thing, I have never been happier than I have been and and even like a month after I had never felt more peace because I knew that I did the right thing and I felt like I did something that was so hard for me and I know for a lot of people they go through so much harder but for me that was my hell at the time that was yeah. the hardest thing for me and I was like I need to give myself a pat on the back because the uh, the amount of closeness that he was to our family it was just I thought it was going to be impossible and I was like I need to stop victimizing myself, I need to make a change if I'm unhappy, and he didn't want to move states either, and that's kind of bringing it full circle of why I also wanted to end it, because I knew in my heart that there was something bigger and better out there for me than my little town in Wisconsin, and so I finally, I ended the relationship, and I made plans to move, so that is the... Summarized version.
0: Damn, thank you for sharing. That Holy was really shit, long, and I apologize. What are you talking about? No, no that was. You are uh, yeah. such a good st- like storyteller, which leads to a great communicator, Aww. which also leads to why you have such a, an awesome podcast. Right, your levels <laughs> ahead of us, and Aww. I'm so grateful we had met because what most people don't know is how many questions I've asked you, and you've always been there to like give feedback, give ideas, like. Oh, you as you've well. You've given us oh my a really good direction, so I appreciate it. And how long were you together from start to end?
1: About five years.
0: Okay, so I was we in six years, engaged. and yeah. and I say this because so many of the emotions, and I see how it happened for me, but I also see it on the flip side for the ex, right? Yeah. And I see on both sides, and when you start to get to that aspect of like, families are intertwined, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's guaranteed family event, family holiday. It's like oh, right. That person's and you want them to the be family. close. And yeah. And and you love that, but there's something ridiculously scary. For certain types of people that know there's something really big in store for them, and they're willing to potentially chase the unknown, right? I think that's the foundation and formula to live a really happy life, right? Because that's something you and me have. I know for a fact. Why the hell else would we move out here? You know, and, yeah. and the whole story of like packing the car yeah you know just driving here like getting just your shit here. like it. you booking yeah. your, your apartment without ever seeing it yeah not a very smart idea no right?
1: absolutely not it's it's okay <laughs> like if you, anyone wants here. to sleep at night it's it's not a terrible apartment but
0: oh no don't no. ever do that <laughs> yeah i remember when yeah you had made some comment when the first couple times that we met that that was like yeah i, I didn't and i didn't know this and i was like yeah i've never done that so i did the yeah. airbnb thing for a month or you're two you're super and then was smart
1: like, yeah i don't think it's
0: super smart i was fortunate you're more methodical yeah, I, see, I look at you and I think you are. I'm more impulsive.
1: Uh, <laughs> Definitely.
0: I'm impulsive in, in, in a handful of ways, right? In, in ways, yeah. We won't go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> um, I I just want to unpack like the the motive to move, right? Because right. I think so many people and, and a lot of people that I was raised with and maybe you too, you had friends that also probably felt like they could do a little bit more in life. Not like they need to create something you percent. don't know, but right. like they were just. They're happy people, whether they were good athletes, they, they knew how to communicate and people just loved being around them and you saw so much in them, yet they didn't see that in themselves. And I look at it in so many different ways, right? Whether it was K through 12 the people in my grade and in different grades that were really smart. Right. And I was like, Oh, they're going to kill it. in life, Right. Or the people that were really good. Like, and and I didn't know this at the time, but like, I'll say now like emotional intelligence, people just gravitated towards these and these individuals. Right. I know exactly what you're talking about. When I see these types of individuals, I'm just like, Oh, you've got your life ahead of you. You've got some cool shit going. And then all of a sudden you finish high school. And it's very common in the Midwest and and Mm -hmm. rural parts of the country is to like finish high school not go to college, even though you might be one of the smartest people right. in, in this, you know, your grade. Like, right. to give context, I think there was only, like, eight to ten people from my graduating class that went to college, that actually wow. started, right? Because there's more that, like, planned on going, wow. but that, like, actually completed their first semester. That's blew that's my crazy. mind. I was probably at the... If, if like, we asked everyone uh, that was going to college, yeah. put them on a rank...
1: <laughs> would you be down here? I would be at the bottom. Really? Right? And
0: I finished college, and I'd like to think, like, I'm I, I'm just... I'm so far from success, but what I am doing is I'm creating my life, and I see it happening. And I can say that. I know that my lifestyle was created because of me, and it started in college, right? You have to work without making money. Yeah. So you have to fucking know there's something bigger in this world than, like, you. Than
1: just getting married at 18, which nothing wrong with, but a lot of people that we expected to be in California ended up choosing a much simpler life, and nothing to say that's a bad thing, but... It's not what you'd expect.
0: Yeah. And it just, I think part of it for me is this real fear of regret, regret in life. And then having the context of realizing I'm in my twenties, yeah. like, this is prime time, CP. This is prime time. Right? We're is, never going to be I, this young again. What, what, what do you call yourself when you're talking to yourself? Because I'm I'm talking to myself all the time, especially in the last nine months, and I have a good relationship with myself. I don't know now. if
1: I call myself anything. Oh,
0: I'm. It's either like CP I love or like CP, What's or I'm that? like, Connor, oh, you gotta be hungry. Like every day <laughs> yeah. in the car, whether it's headed to the gym or door knocking or something. I love that. It's like just yell it at the top of my lungs. I, I can't even imagine how many people on the freeway have seen like the vein in my throat. Like, <laughs> what is going on with that guy in there? Like he's yelling at someone. I love that. Um, Pump ourselves up. Yeah. Not to go on a tangent. Now, I want to get back to a couple questions. Can I actually again. just oh.
1: say one thing? Yes. So when we talked about people, you know, not branching out and moving and creating this bigger life than what they've ever dreamed, like, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and I almost, I almost kind of want to be them, in a way. I don't want to be them in terms of, I don't want to live in Wisconsin. I don't want to be married right now. I don't want to be settled down. I don't want to be living a simpler life, but I do respect that a lot of them are actually extremely content with that. And I, and they're content with less, I guess. And I feel like I'm someone, there's maximizers, right? Like I feel like we're maximizers. We want the top top. Like we want the best of the best. We want to be the best of the best. We want to do as much as we can in this life and live to the fullest. But some of these people are so content with so much less and I almost respect that to like a level that I can't even explain. I, I you know do, what I mean? 100%. Like, I feel like I need more. I'm like desensitized to the small things and the simple things now because we are experiencing such elaborate things out in San Diego. So I'm almost desensitized to those little things that used to make me happy, like waking up to a black coffee in the morning. Like I, I kind of want to make sure that I don't lose that, you know? Yeah,
0: I, I love it would you consider inserting instead of content happiness? Because I think it's just oh, that's, being that's happy true. with right. whatever it is. Yeah. Like when I lived in Asia for a year, it was like that was foundational for me right. to see people. I mean, the world is vastly different on the other side of the world, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. it goes way beyond. And just being in the culture, the people, and seeing how they communicate. If we think of like the family or the person yeah. in our life that's like, oh, yeah, they, they just they grew up. They have never really had a whole lot, right? Yeah. Everyone has those people in their lives imagine like 10 X less. Right. And then these people in Asia are 10 times happier. And I'm not exaggerating That's yeah, because exactly. they're centered and it's, I think it's happiness. Right. So it's like, I
1: think it's fulfillment.
0: It's fulfillment comes with happiness. Yeah. Right. And genu- yeah. I think genuine happiness breeds mm-hmm. fulfillment. Right. And that's the thing is I think a lot of the people we were raised around, like they're just happy doing that. Right. Right. And that's awesome. You found happiness. Right. That's what you and me are trying to and do. And they
1: needed less to get there though. It's, it's interesting that's awesome because
0: yeah. I agree yeah. there's there's a downside though to our right. personality types and well, our that, mindset yeah, to be a, a maximizer thousand. because yeah. it's always wanting more and then you see in the corporate realm right like these are the, the people that have they chase money a lot of times right. I'm just gonna give one example you right. can chase a lot of things right yeah that's
1: the most money common money is common mm-hmm.
0: now you do it and I have talked to so many professionals so many mentors so many people that then later in life have so much regret Because they worked and they made money and they did well and they climbed the ladder, whatever ladder it was, right? The Mm -hmm. ladders can look vastly different, different colors, different lengths, (laughs) different heights. All of a sudden, you might get to a corporate (laughs) realm. (laughs) And along that path, usually I hear stories about these corporate professionals that they hit exhaustion. Yeah, exhaustion in corporate America is fucking scary.
1: Oh, this is you on
0: stage. And you're a keynote speaker yeah. and you faint on stage because you haven't slept in four days, but so this has awful. been the last six years of your life right. because that's what the job demands. Or you're in, sitting in the DMV to get a new driver's license. You have heart murmurs and you yeah. faint. Like I have heard more than 10 so of these bad. stories. And so there's this happy medium. Maximizers, yes, they work in certain places. I think in sales, it works really well. Right. But you have to find balance. And so I think... Yeah we are on one end of the spectrum and then like where we were raised could be closer to the other end. And I think what we should all chase is something in the middle. I agree. You need both at times. You
1: always need both. I mean, our, I think our, the biggest challenge that we both face with our personality types is always feeling like we could be doing more. And even when that comes with self growth and becoming closer and closer to who you want to be and Things that, even monetary goals, right? Like, you always feel like you can be doing more. And you feel like a day of rest is a day of missed opportunity. You just lost a day. Right. But it's absolutely not true. And you can't, like you said, with these examples of people fainting and getting these health implications from not taking care of themselves. Like, you can't push forward if you have nothing left in the tank. So... That's our biggest challenge, I feel like, just being maximizers, and we have to be mindful of that. But finding that balance is so much easier said than done.
0: Right. Yeah. Have you ever heard the saying, grind in your 20s, invest in your 30s, and live it up from your 40s and beyond? Yeah, I don't know, like know if I agree with that. I you kind of that. Oh, I mean, it's, it's a saying that kind of no, goes. No, I a agree riddle with it, works, but I right? don't
1: know if I want it. Okay, you know? let's unpack it. I, I don't – You're investing in your 20s? I am, but I also feel like this is the time when we are – I mean, we're like objectively going to be the most attractive we'll probably be. Um just because we do age, that's part of life and that's natural. We're probably the most energetic we will be, just because with time comes exhaustion. Naturally. And so again. exactly. So I mean, I, I agree with that totally because my dad raised me on those fund like that principle essentially. He said save now, play later. But I also See, my dad, he worked so hard his whole life. Now he's in his 60s, and now he's finally retiring, and now he's finally doing things that he likes to do. But he's
0: is he doing it to the full capacity, though? No, exactly, yeah, because
1: he's tired and he's old. I mean, sorry, dad, but
0: my dad's you aren't a spring chicken, so 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 I kind of don't
1: know if I want to fully step into that lifestyle. I think I want to try to find the balance in both because we aren't promised tomorrow, we aren't promised anything, so. You can't live with a safety net all the time, you know.
0: I completely agree, and that's something I'm working on in life. Yeah, balance.
1: Yeah, it's I, hard though when you're a so maximizer because you you want to. We go to extremes with everything, like even working out, and we'll get to 75 hard, I'm sure. But it's just we want to be the best of the best, work out the hardest that we possibly can, and it's really hard to find that middle ground.
0: and, and I think part of it is like knowing that we can live this better life and knowing what actions we have to take on a day-to-day basis to live that better life. Right. And then we're willing to take action for it. Now the consequences are is when you do that routine for so long, mm-hmm. it starts to feel like, oh, it's another day. Yeah. So something that's helped me out. There's a couple of things and I'm curious what is, what's helped you out because you live right. Mm-hmm. And I think San Diego provides that. Oscar, yeah. you'd agree too. You were born oh, and yeah. raised here, but like for us coming here, not only is Southern California, very laid back, yeah. like the most laid back for SoCal. Oh right? yeah. And, Coming from the Midwest, I would say it's the easiest transition.
1: I would say that right? too. Yeah. I mean,
0: and, and people are just go with the flow kind of thing. Like nice. The, the, you know, the way people dress. It's like you can go anywhere with flip-flops and shorts. Like yeah. that's, that's the it's creed It's just here. like Madison. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, yeah. I, I think there's, I've just noticed in my life that I'll catch myself working so hard in the last six months of my life. Last nine, no? Yeah, last nine months. Literally got out of a relationship, started 75 hard cut out substances for the second half of last year. Right. It opened my eyes. It allowed me to heal, but it allowed me to learn how happy work made me feel. And then I had this new level of fulfillment because I've never earned that much, but I was working harder than ever before. Right. It wasn't just the company. It was also working on the side, like any available hour. It was like consume, consume, consume. Mm -hmm. And it felt good. I showed myself, oh shit, I have a lot more energy than I thought I did. Right. But things had to change. And the other note I wanted to make here was when we talk about people that go into exhaustion, right we're talking like corporate examples because I Mm -hmm. hear a lot of those. That's a lot of the times the people, prospects, and customers I'm talking Mm -hmm. to. That happens in so many different ways. And what's scary and what I know in the back of my mind is that the way I live today needs to be sustainable for my health. Now, if you faint... Or you have heart murmurs, and there is a list. I mean, when I'm saying fainting, these are people that are fainting in a boardroom, hitting their head on the side of a table, so bad. and like getting concussed, waking up. Like it's not just falls. Like this is it could get into like this is the bad. graphic shit. Like yeah. in the sense of Brain that's how far you've pushed yourself. Yeah, that's so Now hard. what I can guarantee is if you're pushing yourself to that kind of level of exhaustion, you have. The balance in your life is, is off, right? And there in isn't life, any. Yeah. They, the they, lack of Have balance. you ever heard like the, the um, what do they call it? The stool. The stool mm-hmm. of three legs, right? And okay. they say this is the balance of life, right? Yeah. So you need to have balance and like, all right, what are the three levels? I'm going to butcher it, but it's like, yeah. let's say physical health, mental health, we'll say spirituality. Right. Right? Now, you need those three to all be balanced for this three-legged stool to work or to sit right. on it, right? Right. But the second you start giving up physical health because yeah. you're focused on career, yeah. that stool doesn't sit right no you can fall pretty damn quick yeah and those kind of analogies have always helped me um just yeah. visuals but what what has helped you find a little bit of balance in between it and, and before I hand it off the one thing that changed was putting in my goals that I read every morning is each week experienced a new place friend or adventure
1: that's really so beautiful yeah the
0: other thing about goals write it in past tense don't write it like I want to oh, things. past I like tense that. it's already happened. Right, ah. train your mind. Train your yeah. mind So experienced a new place, friend or adventure each week. What was it this week? I got to play Tory Pines yesterday. I've never been <gasps> it's able to play scary. like
1: Yeah. Wait, play?
0: Play like golf. Oh, I thought it was like hike. Big... Cor- I was
1: like, Oh Wait, yeah, what? yeah. No, that's how most people know it. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. And I, I haven't
0: like... golfed in 9 months. So I golfed with somebody <laughs> oh, wow, but like awesome. that was a new place.
1: Right. Novelty is, is really good for the brain.
0: We're extroverts. We're social. Mm-hmm. We're fortunate to come from the Midwest, which I think is a superpower with connecting with people. It is. And living out here, I think it's more of a superpower in certain ways. I want to be oh, careful with saying it, but.
1: No, it is. Everyone thinks we're super we nice without even knowing that we're super nice. I
0: think it's what I've learned in two and a half years is I think it goes a little further. And I think it's authenticity. And yeah. what I've also learned is that people aren't quite as used to it. And so some people, it can almost be like, is this of yeah. real? So yeah. So I think the only way to, to send that compliment and like for it to be received authentically and not be the schmoozer is they have to feel it. Yeah. Everything about your body language needs to be congruent, it's right all you have energy. to actually be coming from an authentic place in your heart, yeah, and when you do that, I think people feel it,
1: yeah, but what? we both do that like i you I do. usually always come from an authentic place in my heart, or I won't say it you know
0: i've n- I don't think I've ever heard you say like anything bad about a no. person, and I love it right yeah. there's no time for it it's I love wasted everyone. energy, <laughs>
1: no, yeah, it is wasted energy, but um things that I do to be balance? balanced um yeah. I would say i I like to remind myself the same thing that if I can't do this every day for the rest of my life, then it's not something that's sustainable and sustainability is literally something that I preach. And especially with nutrition and just dieting and goals, like fitness goals, everything like that. Like if you can't do this the rest of your life, if this is just a season or if this is just for a vacation, like that's not going to last. And that's probably going to be harmful to you in the long run. So um, I try to remind myself of that. I, Also, I have learned my brain and I know that if I do anything mathematical past 5 p.m., I'm probably not going to be able to sleep that night because I wake up at 2 a.m. solving calculus or code equations. So it's just like learning yourself, learn and becoming more self-aware. I know I sound like I'm crazy, but it's true. I wake up at like 3 a.m. and I'm like, okay, proc, sequel, create a table, little join, left join, whatever. So I'm psychotic that way. But I, I definitely learned my brain that way in college. I was like, if I'm studying past 5 p.m. and if it's if it's a quantitative field, I'm going to be up all night. So learning those boundaries for myself, I'm like, okay, like quantitative things earlier in the day so that my mind can slowly, you know, shut down at night. And, and that's something that I had to learn the hard way through lack of sleep, but just figuring out those little hacks for yourself in order to maintain your sleep. That's number one for me, like just making sure that's good. And then everything else can come after. Um, you can't present yourself every day and show up if you aren't getting rest. Like it's just stupid. So like, working out every day, if you're not sleeping, don't even bother. So really prioritizing sleep is one thing. Um, making sure I'm putting good things in my body because I operate so much better. I function, my brain functions better if I'm eating whole foods and things like that. And then also not being hard on yourself when you do want to go and have fun with friends, because Community and socializing is so good for us. I would argue it's like just as good as eating a whole foods diet. Like we need community yeah. and human touch and human interaction. So I feel like trying to just have those three staples in my life, that's that's all I can ask yeah. for myself.
0: I love it. You're so disciplined. For I'm not listening, though, but I'm for not anyone listening that isn't getting a visual of stuff. <laughs> she could qualify as a personal trainer, um, an athlete, I would do that professional sure. athlete in, in a handful of ways. Oh my like, God, you're so sweet. And you are the handstand queen. Like, I oh. know. You know how what's fit funny though? I started that during.
1: I started that in August. So I never could do handstands like very long. I mean, I was a gymnast, but three seconds maybe. Like, I could do it with great form, but could never have the control and the balance. And that's something that breaking up with this person taught me moving here taught me all alone like I was like I need to start trusting myself because when I'm in a handstand and I start feeling myself waver I I'm just like no I trust myself I got this and it's so it's analogous to everything that we just talked about with my move and everything because if you don't trust yourself like you're going to fall but you have to also fall to learn how to get back up and you have to let yourself fall so that you know how to fall
0: what's one thing you regret about moving out here
1: Mmm, dating. Dating sucks here.
0: <laughs> I love it. I don't know if you're going to anything. I'm
1: gonna not even going to sugarcoat it. Dating in California is horrible.
0: <laughs> so, it's let's horrible. unpack.
1: Okay. someone this,
0: understand that grew up in
1: Baton oh Rouge, Louisiana. Well, if you're coming from Louisiana, <laughs> that was a terrible accent. Um, <laughs> if Jum-la. you're a woman, don't expect men to pay for your drinks here because... They won't because they're investing probably in their future too much. <laughs> just kidding. But um, I respect it. I get it. But if you're going to ask a girl on a date, you should probably pay for her shit. Um, or maybe right, not. First off, that's it's the 21st wild. century. So like, you know what? If you don't, if a, you, if a girl wants to pay, it's fine. Any man that did not pay
0: for your meal, like, I hope they listen to this. And I just want to check them in the casual way because I don't know who it is. Yeah. But it sounds like there's probably more than one.
1: I mean, like, so here's, here's the situation. Like, It's not really on a one-on-one date. It'll be, like, maybe, like, a group thing, but the guy will be, like... There will just be me and one girl, and no one, like... We'll we'll offer to, like, get the whole thing, and they won't hesitate. And I'm like... (laughs) excuse me. (laughs) So, so I mean, I always offer, that's one thing. Like, I don't know how you feel about the whole gender roles and paying for dates and everything. I always offer no matter what, like first day anything. This
0: this has been in my mind, but I've never told anyone.
1: Okay. Because I don't know how men feel about it, but I always, always get my wallet. I'm like, do you want to split this? Do you want me to grab it? Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm more traditional. So I'm hoping that they're going to be like, no, 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 of course not. But Third, maybe fifth date, like, if they let me split it, okay, great. Like, I get that. I I don't expect a man to pay for everything. Of course not. But first date, if I offer, and he's just like, yeah, you got it. Like, "Uh, I don't know. The men here are just very concerned with their own – they're very self-centered. Not all of them. I don't want to make a generalization, but from what I've seen, dating here is so different in the fact that the men in the Midwest are very – want to get to know you. They – Act like they're 35. They don't give a shit about their social media. They aren't thinking about posting their dinner before talking to you at the dinner. And here, it's a little bit opposite. So is that, is that California's
0: problem, though? Or is that just us and where we were raised? And, like, coming out here and this right. is a different environment, right? So, so I'm playing devil's advocate because I have I to think that. like this, too, right? No, I like, love flipping we the We can't coin. expect that we grew up in a certain environment that the rest of the world's going to be the same one. So, yeah, I but get. I do agree. And there's so many aspects of this and theories that I have yes. that aren't proven Okay. on the guy's end. Right. Mm-hmm. First off, I think a gentleman, first date, anything one-on-one, you should always cover the bill. Right. Other part of this is after the first bill, there's like something I agree. <laughs> I don't want to say self-centered, but people out here, all right, we're going to rewind one step because I have to give context. Why do people come to San Diego? Why do people move to L.A.? It's living a better life. Something. It's becoming something, yes. right? So what do those people usually have? What are those personality types usually like? They're driven. They're confident people, right? And you kind of and, have to and be and
1: self-centered. You kind of have you to You have be.
0: to have a level of selfishness yes. that to the outside I think you yes. look self-centered. But right. you and me both have a degree of selfishness, right? Anyone yes. that is on the track to live the life wants has to, to be. be. Yes, one,
1: yes right? I get that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and so I just try to remind myself... Cause I experienced the same with women and there's a transition. I found a groove. There's a mm. groove to it. Okay. And an understanding I'm saying like groove and I had to think different for the first bit. It was like, Oh gosh. Yeah. It's shallow out here. Oh it really baby. Shallow. It's shallow. It is shallow. I remember. your phone eats first in the f- before oh, yeah. you get a Oh yeah. I've hello. gotten used to that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I remember one of the first few events I came to when I was only living here for like a month or two, maybe three months. No, mm-hmm. we'll say in the first six months first three events and I had men and women separate occasions ask me as like an intro question what car do you drive or how much do you make a year or what was the other one what do your parents do what no no no, not a date just any kind of conversation any like what do your parents uh, do like this is one of the first or second questions into me where I come from that's just like whoa,
1: No, because that shows me immediately
0: what you value. And immediately I'm like, watch me distance myself from you. (laughs) That hasn't happened as much, mainly because now I understand I kind of see how circles work out here. Mm -hmm. And I realize people are a little different out here, but I love it. The the same reason you and me are out here. I'm still here, so clearly I'm, I'm not
1: totally turned off by it, but I will say like, I have a, my best friend here, she grew up in California and she has said to me every day basically like I'm not gonna find my husband here I've I've known that my whole life I'm not gonna find my husband here because she wants someone that's just a little bit more rugged and a little bit more like uh what's the word traditional in a sense like that will open the car door for her and just men out here are just very into their own worlds and I agree that like Honestly, it's not just men. It's it's oh, people yeah. that want to become something and they they're they're used to that hustle and like focusing on the end goal and like what they really want in life. So I don't I'm not saying that any of that is wrong. I'm just saying like in terms of dating and what I'm used to, it's been kind of a shock. Like it's a shell shock moving yeah. here and dating. Um I'm used to maybe it's a me problem. I'm used to being the center of attention on a date and you you aren't. Like it's about Kind of what can we benefit each other with and like their Instagrams. And it's just different. It's just different.
0: Steph, I don't want to speak beyond what I should. I
1: feel like you should. Just getting to
0: know you. I think there's some kind of gap in how you communicate that isn't received well out here. Because you coming from the Midwest. And I just think you and me originally met on Hinge. Right. right? That was like in the first month of you moving here. We met what? Yeah, six months ago. Yeah. And yeah. I get it. You and me have always been friends. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just, cause I've listened to some of your podcasts too. So that's yeah. where some of it's coming to. Yeah. Coming from. If you haven't definitely listened to the plan D podcast, oh my gosh. I have never had, I, I love listening to it. It's so entertaining. It's well, like every guy everything. needs to be listening to it. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, just so transparent. I share it's every how women experience think. I
1: have, I would never call someone out, but I, I'm so open about my experiences here with dating and like the crazy stuff that happens. I mean, continue. you're getting I'm sorry. A, a
0: mild taste. Yeah, no, I, I think that it's just not received well. I think there's mm-hmm. gotta, and it happened to me too. Yeah. Right. Like it's been a transition. I've gone through two different phases in the two and a half years living here that I didn't really like living here. Right. One of them was like after the breakup and I was like, ah, like, you know what? Like I can afford to live in like Austin, few Texas. Other cities. And not a huge fan of Austin. I yeah. mean, immediately I think Miami, right? Oh yeah. I love Miami. Miami. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Love Miami. And, We'll see where the end of the year goes, but yeah. I might test it out, and especially yeah. with the way taxes work in the state of California It's actually. <gasps> Don't
1: even get me started. The taxes in men, no kidding.
0: Taxes in men. They actually go California. in the same category. No,
1: seriously, they do. They should have a tax <laughs> on men. You shouldn't like. I no, I call men. this the mandemic because I the only way to meet people right now is kind of like dating apps just because of, you know, the shutdowns and everything, and it's just been a time. So it's the mandemic.
0: Why are you so open and confident to be able to transparently talk about your experiences with men? Like, obviously, there's a yeah. the level of confidence, yeah. but like, why do you and why are you so open to talking about it? And I know this is why your podcast is blowing up. Like, uh, I, what do you think I, separates you?
1: I think my thing is, everyone goes through these situations in life, and and it's not even just with men. It's it's with themselves and like self-discovery and all these like really awkward times where we're figuring our shit out and figuring out who we want to be and even if it comes at the cost of my embarrassment like I love sharing these stories because other people will dm me and be like oh my gosh I can't believe how much I relate to this thank you so much like I thought I was the only one and it's especially I did a podcast on how to break up with someone when you're like when nothing's wrong because that's the hardest relationship to leave. And the amount of messages I got from that and like people that I actually had someone message me yesterday, um, that followed up with me and they said they, they finally did it. Um, and it was that podcast that helped them. And, and so I think at the cost of my embarrassment, I'm so okay with that. If I know that I'm helping someone else and I think sharing my stories and being vulnerable, it just makes people feel less alone. And that's, totally cool with me like I mm-hmm. want to do that for the rest of my life
0: because it's not about you
1: no it's, not about, it's me. not about you I could care less like if right? I'm a little embarrassed who cares
0: isn't it incredibly empowering when you're at least confident enough to put it out because it's yeah. scary to start your first podcast <gasps> and like oh
1: my gosh to drop so it vulnerable. and it's like
0: I don't even want to share it with people because it's I like know. I know it can be better I don't like I, I said um three times in the oh, intro I know. you know like, like little dumb shit people don't care and the second you get feedback mm-hmm. that's like whoa this happened positive right yeah. and someone was going to physically hurt themselves after the third episode and they watched it happen to someone that I don't know. And and like that kind of shit that blows my mind. I don't think when we're having these conversations, it's going to impact someone like that, but it does. And the difference is, is being vulnerable. Yeah. You can only be vulnerable and talk about it openly. In my opinion, if you're confident in yourself.
1: Yeah. And my, one of my favorite quotes that someone actually told me last week, um, this doctor at Harvard she's the one that wrote it, but it's essentially the price of admission to a meaningful life is discomfort. And that's kind of how I look at my podcast. Like, yeah, I'm sometimes when I, especially when I started it, it was uncomfortable and I felt discomfort sharing something so personal, but I feel more fulfillment than I ever have because people have reached out to me and said that it impacted their life in a positive way. So discomfort is the price of admission to a meaningful life. Like I, I absolutely love that quote and I want to live by that.
0: Where do you want the Plan D podcast to go? What's the whole, the mission behind it?
1: Mm, yeah, I mean, I started it because a podcast gave me the confidence to leave a relationship. And so just helping other people leave shitty relationships where they feel lukewarm or having people open up to other people about their mental health issues. Like I'm big in mental health in that space too. So I talk about that a lot on my podcast. And I think as long as I can just grow it enough to touch more lives, like that's the goal. And um, I don't really have any concrete goals in terms of, oh, I want to make this much money. It's more of this is what I'm passionate about. I want to help other people. And if money comes, it comes. So I haven't really been strategic in any other way besides that and following that goal.
0: Amen. I think that's part of like why it's sustainable. Again, yeah. you're like 40 plus episodes in yeah. two years. We're six or seven episodes in. But that's <laughs> so good. You've it's got to be consistent. sustainable. It's yeah. got to be consistent. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. to do that, in my opinion, I'm starting to realize is like I can't look at it like a job. And right. so the second I start to think about it like that, like if it's kind of malleable and kind of like still grassroots.
1: And if it's a have to. I have to have record. Oh, have to. I have to edit. Like, it shouldn't be that. It should be, I get to, I want to.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and just with the hope that you can impact some lives. Exactly. Because right? it's not... Any, if You are you never get into podcasting to make money. If you no. do, I think you can guarantee that you're your foolish. podcast is not going to do exactly. very well. Exactly, that
1: can never be the main reason. It's felt, right? No, it's, it's, it's not going to work. Yeah. All As with anything, felt. especially in the social media space, your goal has to be larger than money and it has to be larger than profit. It has to be what's my mission and like, how do I want to impact as many people as I can? That's the only way to turn numbers into dollar signs. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And going back to the relationships. Yeah. Cause I, I, I you have so much experience and you've had so many guests, professionals, you've yeah. had celebrities, so many celebrities on your shows. Yeah. So cool. We're not there yeah. yet, but what would you just say from everyone you've talked to and just your personal life stuff being, a young, smart, great looking female living in San Diego. What is the number one mistake that men make when they think they like a female or they want to date, whether it's, it's out here or just in general.
1: So glad you asked this question. And I didn't even have to think about this answer. Um, this is something that's been at top of mind lately and it's men and women. So not just, but since I date men, like I'm going to speak to men. Um, They come into this thinking off the bat, like, oh, my God, I really like her. And it can be one or two dates, right? And let's be real. I'm looking my best on those dates. I'm doing my hair. I'm doing my makeup. I'm presenting myself and selling myself, if you will. Like, I'm selling myself. I'm basically in a sales position to look the best and be the best that I possibly can on these dates, right? And when they tell me that they have feelings for me, I'm like, you don't know me at all. You have seen the best version of me. You have not seen the times when I'm in my apartment and I feel isolated and anxious as hell and calling my parents like, what am I doing out here? I'm so isolated. The COVID shutdown is like impacting my mental health like crazy. They're not seeing that part of stuff. They're not seeing when I wake up at 3 a.m. doing calculus in my head. Like They're falling in love with this idea of me and not who I am. And so what I've been struggling with is that initial dating phase where it's almost just all lust but they don't realize that it is and the way that I'm approaching dating now after doing this for a few months like I I've decided that I just want to be friends with people first like I want them to get to know me without makeup or without being my best every day and you know seeing me cry sometimes because I'm not perfect and If we end up falling in love and if something happens there, then it happened because of a genuine connection and it didn't happen because of me selling myself at my best day and my best level. Like that's, that's not sustainable. And that just goes back to sustainability because at the end of the day, when we're married and I'm old and ugly, like you better love my soul before you love anything else. And so that I think is the biggest mistake that I see. Like you, you just don't know me.
0: That's so true. That's so true. And I love that you share that. I think it's humanizing. And, and we forget to think like that. And yeah. here it's even bigger because there's social media and these yes. online personas. Highlight reels. And we're both guilty of it. Totally. You are too. Everyone is. Don't nod your head. You're guilty too. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, we all are. And yeah. it's the degree. Right, because yeah. it's, it, it's a tool. Mm-hmm. Like It works. You get visibility, and you can you build need, your authority and, you and your personal brand. you need it nowadays
1: if you want to become an entrepreneur. I would argue that you do need it. People and don't
0: use business cards out here. It's what's your handle. Yeah, exactly. Right, what's your no, it Regardless literally of, is. You're known as your Instagram up, handle. Insta. like
1: If you were at CP Daily, like everyone's going to call you CP Daily. They're not going to say, they, Connor, yeah, exactly. what's up? Exactly. <laughs> I
0: changed my yeah. handle because of that. So many people yeah. would literally go like, all right, let's say your handle is yeah. like Steph23. like Yeah. For whatever reason, your new last name Oh, did you invite Steph
1: 23? Like, did yeah. you forget to text it? Yeah. I hear this
0: everywhere, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, you're Fascinates a handle here. Me. You're a handle. And Oh,
1: God. Yeah. No, you There's are. There's so many
0: levels to it. It's just, it's artificial yeah. from the start, and then it breeds more artificial right. relationships and, and communication. And that's, and, and,
1: and that's exactly it, is I think the reason that people break up so much now and get divorced is, like, we are falling in love with something that appears close to perfect and we're not seeing these things that later on are going to disappoint us like you if you don't know someone and their flaws and then you get in this relationship and then they start showing those flaws because they're more comfortable with you that's why like we start feeling kind of uh, like do I really want to be in this and instead of be you know being friends first seeing the whole flaw thing early on and then if you end up falling in love with that person for those flaws like
0: you That's, have someone you can be with. Yeah, exactly. And what's wild is that I, growing up, I never thought I was a relationship person, ever. Yeah, me either. I had the vision. Oh, same. I was going to be a commercial <laughs> pilot as a kid. This is my fascination. <laughs> Anyone in my family knew this. From like sixth grade on, I was like, I'm going to be a commercial pilot. I remember yeah. going on a commercial flight in like first, second, or third grade or something. And... I came back, I was like, that is the life for me. And I had this vision. <laughs> yeah. And as I got a little older, it turned into, all right, I'm going to be a commercial pilot. I didn't want to take the military route. It was just intimidating. And I was like, I don't need to sign my name away. You're like, I don't want to do push-ups the... and pull-ups every yeah. day. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I was like, really I will fit, so. I will go the alternative route, right? Yeah. Um, and so what that meant was you're going to pay a lot of money, <laughs> flight schools. But this vision was young Bachelor Connor traveling the world, meeting women, right? This yeah. was, And I'm freely sharing this because... I can laugh about it now. Right. Right. And that formed and shaped my life in, in a lot of ways. And luckily, I'm, I'm kind of past that. Um, but it put me in a position that I didn't, because I was chasing the artificial, it put me in a place that like reality almost had to hit me in the face. Oh, yeah. Because it was like, I chased this, I chased this. Yeah. And then it led me to like, I mean, I don't regret anything. I'm glad it happened because in whatever way I can't even understand today, it made me who I am. Yeah. Um, And I wanted to bring up a good point. Okay. In my relationships, I used to have this thing through college. I would meet women and we could date for like nine to 12 months. But there was this thing that like, I think I had like two, three, four relationships Mm -hmm. from like the end of high school through college. And they were always like nine to 12 months. And so I started to tell myself like there's, you know, you, you can date Connor, but it's, for whatever reason, something goes wrong in nine to 12 months. And at this point in my life, I usually put the blame on Maybe because you else. knew
1: you didn't want to settle down yet.
0: That's always been me. And that's the reality yeah. of like what I've, I've realized. And now going on the point that you have to be friends, and this is foundational, and I just want everyone to hear it because it's so cool for you to say this. Getting out of a five and a half year relationship nine months ago, I, again, going into college, I was able to manage a bar. It was the number one party school. Like, yeah. all of this shit, you had the social life. Um, because I worked at a certain place, like, you had a little bit extra social life. And then I was in um, an honors fraternity purposely just because I wanted to try to penetrate any network. I didn't want to do the traditional because I was scared to get hazed, didn't want to. All my yeah. buddies were in it. Um, the only reason the ex and I dated was... Because it was literally like friends with benefits for like six to nine months. Yeah. But there were so many things that happened in between that, right? Yeah. Like it was, I mean, it started as just hookups. Yeah. Right? Literally yeah. hookups. I, you yeah. Know, I would text, getting off work, cleaning the bar, and it's oh like my God. on the spot, yeah. right? Yeah. And the convenience was cool, but that almost gave me power. So oh, it was yeah. like, I don't want a relationship with someone like, yeah, like that I can like yeah. at any moment. Yeah. And I don't know if this rings true for others, but it's like then after a few months, then it kind of got, I don't want to say, it wasn't bland, but it, there was other factors involved, right? A person in her life prior that was getting involved. I'm a zero drama mama. Like drama comes up, (laughs) watch me get away. Cause it's just, I don't reason with people that literally can't control their emotions. (laughs) And that kills me in relationships sometimes. (laughs) Like legit, like let's talk, let's talk. I understand. Hey, and this is a loaded question because masculine and feminine energy are vastly so different. different and feminine energy. Like that's the natural. We are more emotional, if you yeah. are the man of men, you give more love in those moments. And that's what I'm learning now. Yeah. I didn't know this in the relationship. What I'm getting at is it was like three to six months of, the, or three months of like this, this friends with benefits, just hooking yeah. up. It was sick. Nothing like, yeah. you know, it's nothing so serious. Yeah. Right. And that was almost why it was just cool to hang out. It was like almost a secret that made it a little better. Yeah. And then the drama came up immediately. Choo, I'm just like, You're not blocked yeah. everything. And right. I was just like, literally that's yeah. my shutdown system. Yeah. But it works well for me. Like it's Same. a filter. This person's out of my life. I don't have them coming back in. No, me too. I don't have triggers coming back where these loops Same. can start.
1: Yeah.
0: And then we fast forward like, I don't know, three, five, three to five months. And all of a sudden, we see each other again. And we start hanging out just casually. And then this is probably six to nine months after like we had originally met and started doing our little like hookup thing. And it's wild because I look back and I go from Connor and four relationships of nine to 12 months to a relationship that went five and a half years. We traveled the world a couple times. We did wild shit. We were both from the Midwest rural parts of the country where it was like cool because we were heavily intertwined in each other's families. Right. Just being together that long. But it was cool because not many people from, rural as yeah. you know, Farmville yeah. are willing to live that kind of life. And I, I think that's what excited me. And so I look back and I go, damn, I think for me, my current belief is I need to be friends with these people. And so what's challenging now is I'm – over the last three months, my life has been incredible. Something weird happened. With all the work I did out of the relationship, it felt like I thought this shit should have happened six months ago. Yeah, But now it's just starting. In the last two months, I feel like it's effortless. Like somehow I'm attracting – the right people and the right opportunities. Girls, way out of my league. That's like, because you
1: put in all the work on yourself and now it's paying off. You know what I mean? Like, you took time to yourself and you did so many things to develop yourself. And now you're going to attract better people. Like,
0: That's exactly where I was going. And, yeah. and that's the shit that I don't know why I didn't. I've read the books and you have too. And they yeah. say that. To Just attract the, the better. Per- like, if you want to attract the best version, the, the whatever, the most beautiful human Inside, looks, there needs to be a physical attraction, right? Yeah. But God damn, you have to become that version. Like, yeah. Even if you attract that person yeah. into your life and you're you're putting on the, the yeah. fugazi fugazi, right? Yeah. Like Wolf of Wall Street, it's like, that, that's, it's not sustainable. They're yeah. going to see the real you. And so what's cool about being a friend is you see that real person in the day-to-day. Yeah. And it's like, you don't look at it like, oh, they do that. Oh, they do this. Because it's just a friend. I if, think,
1: too, we see ourselves in other people. So when we are attracting these people that aren't really bringing us up, like it might be because we aren't developed to who we want to be yet. And so we are seeing parts of ourselves in these people and we're attracting that. And when you do become the full version of yourself, or, I mean, not full, cause you're always working towards something better, but I, like, when you really do the work and you, you progress, like you're seeing better in other people like you're seeing yourself in other people and that version of you is so much better than it was before so like you're going to attract better people you know what I mean
0: and it gets to the point that it's legitimately effortless yeah but like what most people it's don't see is all the fucking work that goes on behind the oh, scenes so and work. no one sees it and no. that's fine I now like that right? no that's amazing that was like show you have up. to show it off
1: yeah no. no yeah
0: when you stop showing it off and like I don't even share my goals freely like I used to and yeah. the fact that I don't they come true so much faster. Like oh, they yeah. just come into fruition. Yeah. Right? Wild shit. Wild shit. I agree. Shit. Yeah. yeah. So the takeaway, I think we're both on the same page that yeah. it legitimately just has to start as friends. Like it could I, be friends yeah. with benefits. It could be friends. It could be casual acquaintances. But just
1: don't put the pressure on it to be don't something more. Don't label it. Don't title Never it because do the second that. you do it,
0: fucks it up for both. It
1: does. And like the, pr- I think we're all too in this anxious period in our lives and like with everything going on around us like all the external stressors when you put any pressure on another person to be your person the chances of that failing are so high because life doesn't work as we expect i mean look at us we're over a year into a worldwide pandemic where none of us can leave our houses anymore without wearing something on our face like texas besides texas shout out texas like Good for you. But, I mean, it's just, we can't predict that. And so, to put any kind of pressure in someone being your person, it's likely going to fail. Like, you have to be your person. You have to be that person you want to see in someone else in order to attract that and get, eventually meet that person. Not get that person.
0: Get that person. (laughs) Track that person. person. (laughs) Big ass human magnet of beautiful people. And (laughs) it's like, when you live that life, it's literally like you just turn into this huge magnet. Exactly. And it's like opportunities and people. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not just you
1: Yeah, it's like quantum physics, mate. literally, though. Yeah, it's like it's opportunities.
0: It's business opportunities. No, it's it like, is. It's so many different angles. It's getting mm-hmm. the invite to do cool shit, yeah. like random. It's, it's so and cool. And
1: doing it and not sitting home and making excuses for it. You have to put yourself in good situations to get good things. I don't Steph,
0: know. I want to ask you a question. You have such a good context, and, and you're a good-looking female that lives in San Diego. So this is something that's been on my mind. I haven't shared it with anyone. My challenge is I realize that for me to find the best, or not even the best relationship. Like, if, if I was, I'm open to anything in right. the world, right? Like, I'm open to the universe. I'm open to a relationship. Yeah,
1: as you should fucking be. Fucking
0: marriage, like yeah. kids. Who knows? That's not what I'm looking for yeah, right exactly. now. But I'm no. open to everything, yes. right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. part of it being, I think what I've learned and what I just shared is like, friends i think in my opinion leads to like longer term relationships yeah. i don't want to get into a relationship for 9 to 12 months that's yeah. literally coming out okay. of a 6 year relationship Can I stop is like you? let's waste not of time let's
1: not set a 9 to 12 month timeline here no,
0: that was the problem going back okay, that was the problem going back i'm past
1: that i created the problem no in the past. timelines in the world we know no, had time no idea. like nothing's promised you know?
0: Yep. yep time is irrelevant right and, and
1: it's not even real
0: it's not even real yeah. exactly we created Some it so the challenge is is when i'm going on dates and i'm meeting people, right? And really cool people. I'd say one out of every four, I'm like, oh, I definitely vibe more than usual right. with this right. individual. And I communicate effectively and I do it from the start. That was something I learned in the past relationship that I didn't do as well as I could have, but I want to set realistic expectations. I do this for our business and why our clients are so happy, right. but it's like, and guys, this is something that I highly recommend is literally using the, word, the words. I want to make sure I'm effectively communicating with you just by stating that shows She's gonna what you're like, valuing you
1: emotional intelligence. The book Because <laughs> hello.
0: Yeah. She, she like, might say something are, like that. Can you train
1: every man in the f- city? How does
0: does every female want that? Cause I feel like that's a longing. Maybe it's, it's I, incorrect. I
1: long for emotional intelligence over IQ over anything else. All right. Hell yeah. Like all I want.
0: Yo, let's, <laughs> I'm on the same page. I think there's a balance though too. Cause, cause being smart is attractive as fuck. It um, is. But you have to vibe. But if you're an engineer
1: like my ex and you literally can't have a conversation with me about anything other than what we had for lunch then I'm falling asleep yesterday.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you're out of the relationship. Me and too. I hope he's happy. He's married. He's probably got I mean, he kids. is
1: in a long he was in a relationship like a month later and they're still together, so. That's beautiful. You know what? See, like see, do you I realize that I did him that, like, a favor. Yes. Like that's a thing you're doing them a favor. Yeah. Yeah. Like we weren't matched.
0: Yeah. So the problem that I'm dealing with is, when yeah, I, you know, I'm on, I'm on these dates, right? And I communicate effectively where I'm at in life, right? I was in a relationship. I'm just, I'm happy. I've I'm, I'm never been so happy in my life. Yeah. And I know the physical Connor probably looks fairly similar to the Connor a year or two ago. Yeah. But the Connor I know and the soul inside me that's like not physical is is like levels above. I broke out of a shell coming into January. Yeah. The first three weeks of January. You did. I remember seeing you and you're like, I
1: don't know what it is. I'm just so different than I was like a month ago.
0: I've never had that feeling. And so I communicate very openly and right from the start. Now, women are not looking for flings. They're not looking like they want commitment. And I get that. I see it. So when I openly communicate, this is where I'm at, it creates challenges and almost like not not tension, depending on how I bring it up, but it's like, I want to effectively communicate where I'm at in life, what I value, and kind of where my time's at, but I want to share it. I know what love feels like, and I love it, and I know right. I can give And we seek human connection.
1: Love. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't be dating just because you don't want a relationship right now.
0: So, why does it seem like women, though, are very turned off by it? Or like, I, right. I'm not going to commit, or like, even if you do it for like a month or so, it's mm-hmm. like, hey... The, the so, assumption of, like, we're dating almost happens. And I get it. I see yeah. exactly where they're coming from. Yeah. I just want to make sure I'm... Can you help just no. unpack this? So
1: I think what you're doing is totally correct. You need to be communicating where you're at. The problem comes when you don't communicate that. And then they think that you're on this journey to become in a relationship right away. And then you aren't communicating that you're not wa- really wanting one right now because you're working on other things. So what you're doing is totally correct. I think it's the women that you're dating because... I agree that for a lot of women, they are looking for that commitment piece, but a lot of women aren't. Like, for example, my friends and I, none of us are really looking for a committed relationship right now. And so there are women out there that have similar personalities as we do and also just similar timelines and kind of career goals. And like I said, I don't like to set timelines, but I also know like what my heart can give right now and what it can't. So I do think it is just the girls that you have been dating. And I, I don't think that it's a category, but I think it's just kind of luck of the draw. Like you've been on dates with girls that are looking for something a little bit more committed. And I think there are plenty of women that really don't want that right now. And that you could share time with and enjoy time with, because at the end of the day, like, even if we're not trying to become in a serious relationship, people need human connection. And like, especially from someone that they're attracted to like I mean yeah. I can say it till I die like I don't want a boyfriend right now but I'm still gonna probably want to date like I'm a person I want to yeah. date <laughs> yeah you know what I mean there's, there's nothing wrong with that yeah. so I think it's just the girls that you've been on dates with for sure what and I should think I, you're doing what, everything right what should right. I
0: look for is there something that I should look for that that's yeah. like subtle that would like show right. me what what kind of where are you meeting these me girls and, and fellow, whether it's like Hinge, Instagram, I okay. mean, with COVID, you can't really... Right. Like, no, it's impossible. Events. Yeah. So, um, and then I would just say like in the building, friends of friends. Okay. Maybe all of those. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think you're doing everything right. Like you diversified your portfolio if we're going back to finance. So, I mean, you're getting these people from different sources. And I think there really isn't a way to tell, especially because going into a date, you don't know how it's going to go. You don't even know if you're going to connect. And like, you really can't predict anything. Like I, there's things about me that probably surprised you after getting to know me. And then there's things about you that surprised me. So I don't think there's anything you can really look for, but just keep doing it. Like keep yeah. dating. Like it's not a day lost. And, and people think that it's a waste of time. I have friends that won't date because they don't want to waste their time. And I'm like, How can you know it's a waste of time if you haven't done it? Like you don't even know. And there's friends that I've met from hinge or dates that never turned into anything serious that I'm so grateful for, like getting to know you. So it's just, it's never a waste to me. If anything, I learned something about myself and what I'm attracted to and what I'm not. And that is the same for them. So it's not a waste. I mean, it's a pandemic. It's good to get out and socialize. So keep doing what you're doing. You're doing everything right. Like I, I'm not even just stroking your ego. Like literally what you're doing is what I would tell you to do.
0: I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. It just doesn't always work. So guys, I think to me, I'm only trying to come out of an authentic place in love. This is yeah. still new to me, right? All like right. a year ago, this was not the Connor. Right. Yeah. And so it's taken a lot of work to get to this point and try to understand, okay, getting out of a relationship, it taught me a lot. Yeah. Getting into the next one. I'm only going to show up. Yeah like I think I might be the best boyfriend in the world I don't know when that time is and I'm you, open to whatever going that timeline to be the best is but it's yeah it's like legitimately I really worked on it and I'm like getting into the relationship I didn't know how to feel emotions it was wild right. like that right. I think for a lot of men
1: oh my god that's why not I call me. it the pandemic. like and men why, are like a what is happening so much I know right but yeah. like
0: it helps you grow so much but
1: only if you're okay with feeling that Exactly. Because that's the problem that we've run into, especially with friends of mine that are dating. And these guys are just shutting them out, not because they don't care for them, but because they really don't know how to feel anymore and they're afraid to feel. And it's, they've been broken in the past and they don't want to feel that pain again. And so they're shutting love out of their life.
0: They're broken in the past. See, I see a lot more of like, Oof, I don't think yeah. men have just like actually felt love or given enough love to mm. like understand what a relationship can feel like.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I do think, I think a lot of men go through a heartbreaking college from from what I've seen. I'm a numbers person. And there's usually one relationship in college that a man, I think, starts having these fantastical visions of, like, marrying this girl, her being the mother of his children, and, and I think it ends. And I think that really breaks them and they don't really know how to deal with those emotions and they go out and date so soon after instead of taking the time to process like women do like we're we're gonna sob for like two months and just some women take time I mean we can't generalize yes yeah so um but it is more common for women to allow themselves to cry and really feel things and um from what I've seen men struggle a little bit more with that and so I think that's one of the biggest problems that I'm seeing with dating even now like these men they have so much potential and they are such great human beings, but they're still so broken over something because they haven't taken the time to heal from it.
0: You were spot on. And it's scary as hell. Yeah, it is scary as hell. Why I can confidently say this now after nine months. Right. And there's still things I'm working on and yeah. again. Why I go above and beyond on the outside to like work on it. I want to accelerate healing. And when I started looking into it right off the bat, it was like, the first thing, if you're getting out of a breakup and you want to heal and do it, help, like, that's the thing. If you get out of a relationship and you felt any degree of love or if you're feeling sadness, there was some degree of love, right? That's, if you feel heartbroken, there yes. was even more. Now, because of that, you need to heal. You can get into a relationship because that's what's comfortable, right? I'm longing for this physical touch, yeah. the love, whatever, yeah. the things that I miss, right? Um, I remember waking up and it was like, oh, shit, like. You it don't takes have the place of the pain to you. Yeah, when yeah, you yeah. get into something you new You fill after. it with a void, but it's never there. And, no. and I knew that. And so instead, it was just, I almost went like, I don't want to say dormant mode, but I just focused on work. I cut substances out. And that's really the biggest,
1: important. biggest
0: thing that changed it for me. Yeah. And the only reason why I'm, I'm even willing to give advice, I'm not an expert, but what is interesting is that over the last three months, I have had at least 15 close friends or different men from college friends to anything in between to friends out here that have all gone through a breakup, and for mm. whatever reason they come to me, and I'm happy to talk to them. And I just want to explain what the phases are like. You're not afraid of
1: emotions.
0: I'm a transparent individual. You, and, but, and, you're, but you're right. But you're, I worked with it. You're confident
1: them. in yourself to know that if you're feeling something, it's not inherently bad or good. Like bad feelings and good feelings are equally as important to live a meaningful life. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. What would you say is your number one piece of advice? Like, if you do decide, I am going to break up with this individual, Mm -hmm. regardless of quality of relationship or how long it's been, but it's like, what would you say the number one rule is now that it's been broken off, you've told that individual, but like, what is the the foundational step for you that you would say for you or females is like, this is how I'm going to move forward?
1: Yeah. Okay. I would say there is going to be a time where you grieve and you can't rush that process because- like you said, if there's grief, that means there was love. You can't have one that, without a the other. In that. That's beautiful. beauty. That's beautiful. Like, at the, I don't want to end my life without grief because that means there was no love in my life and no fulfillment or anything. So, yeah, I mean, there is a grieving process, and I wouldn't say rush that. I wouldn't try to accelerate that. But then there comes a point where after I would say, like, if you've given yourself a few weeks to grieve and then it starts just becoming comfortable to where you're just, like, I could go to the gym today, but... I'm just so used to like doing nothing. Like you, you have to be cognizant of that, and you also have to be like, okay, scientifically, emotions actually only last seven seconds, and everything beyond that we're creating in our brains. So yeah. like, we definitely like kind of milk things out and i would say surround yourself with people if you can if you can find anyone like if you don't have family or friends get a therapist someone that you can talk to if you are in your head i went to a therapist yes you can't isolate like i say my numbers like the number one thing that i would advise is do not isolate do not do not do not because we need to bounce ideas off people we need to express freely how we're feeling like that is just so important but i would say like let yourself grieve, do not isolate. And then once you give yourself a few weeks time, don't let things become a routine. Try to do anything like any novelty, just go on a walk on a different place, get outside. If you can like go to a different gym, go to a different restaurant. Like novelty is so key. Like you don't want to like keep wiring your brain in the same thought pattern, same thought processes. You just need that novelty and freshness in order to like start this new journey because any end means there's a beginning right so it can be a beautiful thing
0: it always is oh yeah guarantees it is yeah even when it feels grim even when when it feels like the end of the world and if you have the mindset that you know it's gonna get better I promise you that it gets better a lot faster this too
1: shall pass that's what my dad always says (laughs) say it again this too shall pass that's like whenever I have anxiety I'm like yeah this sucks but it will pass like it most things are temporary so like you said, just knowing that it will get better will help you get better.
0: Yeah, that's such great feedback. And not only knowing it's temporary, but that the universe and everything in it is yeah. just constantly transforming. Transforming means yeah. it never stays stagnant. It's no. got to keep moving. Yes. It does. The universe continues to grow. And that's and the thing infinitely. is keep
1: momentum. Like that's why I said don't let things become too routine. Like if you let momentum stop in your life, like it's really hard to get going again. Yeah. So if you can somehow figure out a way to just keep moving one day at a time.
0: For me, it was routine. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a very routine, I know you're a very routine person. I mean, we, we would see each other at the gym at 4, 45 a.m. or 5 Early a.m. Mornings, and it's like, yeah. hell yeah. yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, we're crazy. She, uh, it's a Midwest Like this thing. morning,
1: I woke up at 5.30 for no reason. It's Saturday, but, you know, <laughs> excited for the day. For me,
0: went to bed at 1.30, woke up at 5.30. <laughs> no, same. Still, Last and weekend, ran my errands. 2.30 to 4.30. Yeah. Nice two yep. hours. And now we're here. Yeah. You got the workout in. I didn't.
1: That's good, though, if you went That's to right. bed that late. You didn't. That's good. Yeah, and that's literally how I See, value it balance. too. It's like yeah. there
0: are times and weeks that things come it's up, and I'm like, you know what? No. This is life. Yeah. I got to sleep today. It's yeah. called balance. In the next two it's hours. called
1: being happy and living right? a meaningful life. Right? Yeah.
0: What would you just say in general as your best relationship advice?
1: Mm. You know
0: what? Let's do two different pieces. Okay. First, to women, what's your number one piece of advice, relationship advice, okay. to just women, broad as you can be? Is it something relevant, something that's recently happened, or just? High I level? would
1: say this is not for like this is not to say every woman is like this but i would say that when women, when women love we love hard and we sometimes sacrifice our own parts of our day and things that are important to us to make that date to go to this guy's function that we want to see and and we don't always prioritize ourselves and i think it's just because we have that innate like nurturing and emotional abilities. And I I do think that sometimes it becomes too much. And then when things don't work out with men, we get overly sad and overly disappointed because we put so many eggs in a basket and because we love hard, like we're emotional creatures. And so I think if I could give any advice to women, it would be do something that fulfills you, find something that just like build a life you love and build a life you believe in. And then if a man comes along and if it doesn't work out, you won't feel the pain as much if he leaves because you know that you have you and you, like, you're putting everything into yourself and you have this background and foundation set up for you already. So like, I think for women, that's the best advice I can give is just build a life you're proud of and you'll attract the right guy. But um, for men, I would say stop trying to make out with me on the first date and get to know me. No, I'm kidding. But um, <laughs> Seriously. Uh, for men (laughs) for men I would say truly if there is a past relationship or even like something from your past it could be parents getting divorced if there's something that you know like eats at you don't try to get into a relationship right now and don't put that burden on someone else because it's probably not going to end in a good way and and do it for yourself like more than any other reason like Go and heal for yourself. And I think a lot of men have been raised to think they need to be strong and not have these emotions and feel and cry. And it's just so not true. Like, as women, we want that man. We A man to me is a man that can cry. Like, a man that can really feel his emotions and be so proud of himself for crying and feeling and expressing them and not just bottling them up because there's nothing more annoying. Yeah. So. If you're a guy, like don't be afraid to be emotional and introspective and go to therapy. Like nothing is hotter. Nothing is hotter. And but like I said, do it for you over anything else. Don't do it for the woman. Do it for you because you will live such a better life and you will just be so much happier. So yeah, I would say those two things.
0: Damn, those are, are really good, right? And I think it all comes back to valuing yourself.
1: It does. Both Becoming of those a better do. Version. Both yeah. of those. Yeah, do. that's how I see. Prioritize that. yourself.
0: Prioritize yourself. Yeah. When you do. Yeah, And you do it consistently, magically, your life starts to transform. You'll attract it doesn't happen very quick, best. though. That's the challenge. You have to work on yourself for a while, right?
1: Nothing good comes quickly, you know? They
0: say, I mean, the information we consume today, mm-hmm. right? So whether it's reading a book or it's, you know, I'm going to go lay on the couch and decide, okay, I'm going to watch something on TV. There's a little difference between watching something that's entertaining and then educational, right? Absolutely. Because the difference between entertainment, there's a time for it, right? To mm-hmm. let, you know, To calm down, relax. Yep. But you can also fill it with something that's educational, like a documentary or a podcast. And it's not right for everyone. I get that. Yeah. But investing in yourself, right? And what I'm getting here is that what we consume today, Mm -hmm. information, knowledge, people, is a direct reflection of where we're going to be in three to five years.
1: Yeah. I believe that. Read a
0: book today. In five years, it's going to come out. So it's like, start investing now. Yeah. (laughs) And, and And be
1: mindful of your consumption.
0: I think so too. Like,
1: is this affecting, is social media affecting you? Is this food making your stomach hurt and then you can't show up and be present at work? Like, just be mindful of your consumption and how it makes you feel.
0: Yeah. I love this. And I want to open it up because when you showed up today, (laughs) you thought you were interviewing me (laughs) on our podcast. I love it. I love it. I I literally brought my
1: notebook. I was like, okay, uh, let's write a quick outline here. And he's like, all ready to go. And I'm just stressing out. That's so bad.
0: No, I love it. Is there... I would like uh, to ask you just two things. Okay, let's do it. Okay.
1: So I do a segment on my podcast called Destroyed to Divine, and it's basically, you tell me something in your life that was your lowest low, you'd consider it something that you didn't think you would come back from, just kind of like that moment when you do kind of feel hopeless, but then how that moment changed everything for you made you pivot and created who you are today because i think everyone is either a succumer or an overcomer and the people that succumb to life circumstances those people start to retract and like go backwards but you clearly are doing really well and you're successful and i know you keep saying you're not successful yet but you are so don't even say that but um what would that event be for you how it got to where you are today
0: yeah thank you for the question we're on the track to success. I'm happy. So I guess if we're going to define success by like Earl Nightingale's definition that's of success. That's mine. So, right? Yep. The casual yeah. realization of a worthy ideal. Yeah. That's crazy, right? What yeah. does that simply mean? Work on something bigger than you. And as long as you're doing it each day, you could be a janitor. But mm-hmm. saying in your mind, you don't view it as I'm the janitor. It's I'm the janitor at, a, like, I'm just throwing out a random example, right? The USA Gymnastics like, facility, right? I'm the janitor here. Or a school. Well, yeah. I guess that's a better example. Like. I'm a janitor at an elementary school, and but I go into work every day with the mindset that I am keeping this environment clean so that children can effectively learn and grow up and change the world. Mm-hmm. That's a very different why, right? So to ask your or to answer your question, there's a few that come to mind. One that obviously just stands out right off the bat. Like there were a few things, you know, growing up. Um, my grandpa Paulson passing when I was young. He slipped on ice and like that. That was tough, right? But really the one that just transformed me and definitely had me feeling not ever helpless, but to the point that I had for the first time in my life, any kind of thought of like, what would people think if Connor wasn't around? This thought came once. That is the opposite. Anyone that knows me is like, whoa, this was like a month after. Right. Yeah. And I had already started this process. So I was feeling these feelings at an accelerated rate because I wasn't consuming any substances, no alcohol, you know, no cannabis for a long time. And it was like, sitting there feeling things I was working out twice a day consuming it because of the 75 heart challenge but it was like for the first two months it was such a whirlwind of of emotions that I have never felt yeah and it just had me feeling blah like I am so routine routine has saved me and anytime I felt low you know what shit it wasn't even the relationship the relationship was part of it (laughs) yeah but what it actually led to was a 17 day bender that wasn't planned
1: and this was going into this. the new year. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I've never talked about this on a podcast, but again, I am so happy with life and the direction and I know whatever actions I take, like good or bad, I don't regret it. It's yeah. whatever. Like I, I can be a dumbass. Yeah. But we're human. Like I have fun. Yeah. No, Work you, hard, you, play you need hard. To?
1: Yes. yes.
0: Well, this, as soon as we got out of the relationship started, like the second half of last year, just was very disciplined, didn't hard. consume alcohol. Right. Part of that, you start realizing you don't hang out with a lot of certain friends. you like, <laughs> damn. I only hang out with them when I party. Yep. Um, And going, you know, this long without it, then this past holiday, right, from Christmas and New Year, they happen to follow on or fall on, like, the perfect dates, right? Uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day was Thursday, Friday, and then the next week was was, New Year's Eve, Thursday, New Year's Day, Friday. Yeah. So what that meant is, I didn't feel an obligation to door knock because you wouldn't be making that much. You no, would not earn that much. No. And at the time I was going heavy in door knocking cause yeah. like money was good and it was yeah. just fun. Well, I, after this happens, I'm like, okay, well I have like 17 days, Connor, you need to go travel. You've worked, you've like, you've stacked some money more than you've ever earned. Like you deserve to go have some fun. And I'm like, okay, what does that look like? And I had a buddy that, you know, also loves to snowboard. He's like, come through. And so I go to Denver and I get a one way flight because I'm like, you know what? I think I'll be there four days, but what if we end up snowboarding more? He had a place on the mountain, and I went, and then I hadn't seen him in five years, and so casually, he's like, yo, you want a beer? We're just casually drinking, and then on the mountain, I was like, you know what? Yeah, like, I'm around friends. This is a vacation. Like, I do, I have, I know my relationship with alcohol now, Mm -hmm. and I have control of it. I now know that I can stop it at any moment, Mm -hmm. right?
1: That's healthy.
0: I know, yeah, so that was one aspect. Well, then, Snowboarding, met some new friends. You know me, I'm a social person. Good things came. And I met a handful of people and all of a sudden this four day trip turned into ten days and the drinking kind of progressed because you meet new friends and like right. there were certain places open. We live in a very
1: drinking culture.
0: Drinking culture for sure. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like I didn't even notice it in the moment, but it was just happening. So ten days later I fly I think no, maybe like between eight or eight to ten days, I fly back to San Diego. It's the day before New Year's Eve, two days before, end up partying. We're on a sailboat, like all random shit. None of this is planned. It's all spontaneous, but I'm around friends. And like, they're also not working because it's in between this date where your other business, you know, business owner friends, they have time free too, which doesn't happen that often. Right. The dates fall for them too. So then naturally they wanted to party too. And two days of partying where they're... The day before New Year's Eve, sitting in my buddy Pat's apartment. It was a handful of us guy friends, and we had all, you know, hung out that day. It was like 1130 at night, and he has a conference table in his Mm -hmm. room. Like, that's how serious some of our friends are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we're all sitting there, 1130 at night, and like, what are we going to do for New Year's? And for me, I'm like, shit, I'm not going to go into these holidays. Like, I was in Denver for Christmas. Like, I had a blast coming out of a relationship. I was like, I am not going to throttle down my life at all. I'm going to throttle this shit up. Yeah. And... That's also what encouraged probably the substances and just yeah. having fun. Well, it's just um, yeah. Yes, yeah. And I it's just caught just myself being with the filler word. Those I just people. I just use the um word shit.
1: Oh my gosh, I used that like seven thousand times in this podcast. So hey, Sorry.
0: no worries. What ended up happening? We decided at eleven thirty at night at this conference table, we're gonna go to Rosarita, Mexico. We're gonna drive across the border. Right, it's only fifteen minutes that way. Yeah, right? we can see Tijuana from yeah. here. Yeah, it's close. Now they were like, yeah, we're so. It happened very fast. We figured out we, there were two suites left. We could get them. We booked them. And the rule, what the rule was, everyone go home, sleep, get back here, shower, have your bags packed for a, a one day trip to Mexico, be showered, be ready, be here at 930 AM. Well, all of us were. And then we went and one night turned into four. And Oops. at this point I had been drinking from Denver yeah. to like San Diego it was like spontaneous shit. Yeah. And, like, I'm not saying, like, every day was a straight bender. Like, I was right, still, like, right. getting work and things done in between. But it was definitely a lot more casual yeah, than any other yeah. time. And went to Mexico, really let loose. And it hit me right as we were crossing the border. You know what? Since I've been 21 years or older, like, of age to drink or consume alcohol, I've never been on a guy's trip in my life. Yeah. Like, a guy's trip. Guy's only trip. Yeah. So, this is my first. That's a cocktail of so testosterone. <laughs> yeah. What happens oh, to that? Nah, yeah, that's bad. really good tequila. Yeah, for
1: really good times. A,
0: you know, a really good price you're paying in pesos. And for anyone that doesn't live in San Diego, tequila is like the go-to for anyone. That's you all I anyone. Drink. What they everyone they made drink. fun of me in Wisconsin because I everyone love made tequila. Fun of me in I was city.
1: like, it's so good, and now everyone here. Or they hears. thought you were
0: just wild. They're like, why? No, I know like, they thought why? I was like a
1: crazy or I'm like, no, yeah,
0: no, like it tastes good. I like get you start the least hungover tequila. Of that. Yeah, and it's just the most fun because what they say is tequila is is the only liquor base, right? So, like, whiskey, Mm -hmm. rum, you know, vodka, um, gin. Yeah. Tequila is the only liquor that's digested as an upper. Right, So, the way it naturally digests is, like, you just... You don't get tired. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) You don't
1: see me sleeping on tequila. Anyway.
0: Right, okay. So, to bring this full circle, after all this shit, and, like, in Mexico, there were substances involved. Right. And I was really just trying to have, like... I knew Living that normal. I was going back to this, like I was going back to January 3rd and January 3rd will always hit me because that was the first Monday of the new year. I am goal oriented as fuck. I yeah. always have plans and I am excited <laughs> for this new year because I've pre-sold so many clients. Yeah. And I know that the first day is like, let's collect. Yeah. This is a big month. This is the momentum that we, we carry throughout the whole year. Well, I get back. It wasn't one night there. It turned into four nights. Yeah. And it was just intense party nonstop. Yeah. It was a blast. I don't regret any of it. The friends, the memories, the memories I don't remember. Yeah. That we don't remember, right? It wasn't just me. It was all of us. It was this collective that <laughs> just Connor kept beating out. each other. <laughs> and uh, we get back. We drive back. It's Sunday, the day before. Yeah. So January 2nd, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was not my plan at all. I knew that I wanted like two or three days of prep coming into this new yeah. year. Like, I do this on Sundays. Anyone that knows me close, like you can't get in touch with me really on a Sunday. Yeah. Like it's religious. I get ready for the week. I usually lay pretty low. Like I don't yeah. want to talk to people. Cause I do that every day of my life yeah. all the time. It seems like, and I came back Steph. and it was like 4 PM when I got home in my apartment. And not only was I exhausted, half of my luggage wasn't even like packed. Like a friend packed it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember why. And I get into my apartment and I lay down and I'm in bed and I'm shaking. I'm literally like
1: Hang, hangover shakes.
0: No, no, no. I mean, it's like multiplied, right? Oh, there were like, like multiple anxiety levels attack to it. Shakes. That and I think you can feel lower. I know you can feel lower lows when you're not only drinking for that oh. long. Oh, oh, yeah. It, I drink again, one coming day from and not drinking like for so long, my, yeah. it shocked my system. Like yeah. it was not used to alcohol. Then I was like, and just having fun right? Yeah. The way San Diegans have fun, right? Yeah. I'm not going to go into detail. Yeah, um, A mix of that left me feeling lower than just alcohol. It had me feeling, the analogy would be, let's imagine mountains, huge. We're looking at Mount Everest. So in, this, in these mountains, there's a humongous valley, right? In between Nepal and Tibet, right? Mount Everest. In this humongous valley, you look at the bottom and there's another crevice mm-hmm. and it just keeps going down. Now, Steph, you're standing at the top of this mountain. You're looking down in this black abyss. And you're like, hello? (laughs) And you wait. And it's like 10 seconds later. And it's like, uh. Like, I (laughs) say this. The thing is, is it was me. All my fault. And I knew this, right? The only reason I didn't go to the hospital or something, because I was just ridiculously dehydrated. And, I mean, I was consuming water. Your
1: body was so used to having alcohol. I mean,
0: no sleep for a long time. And, like, the alcohol definitely shocked it. And I was in this place. I was literally did not get out of bed for two days. So, so I go scary. into January 3rd, could not even get out of bed. Oh my God. That's wild, right? Yeah. That's wild. Now, I say all of this and why I can openly talk about it. And like, I'm so happy is all of this had to happen. And, and I think the relationship behind it was also fueling probably a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Like I had healed from it, but I know there's always going to be a piece there. Yeah. And I think that piece was still there. This had me feel the lowest I've ever felt in my life. Even more than I think the average human can feel because there were substances involved. Oh yeah. I am happy that it was. Yeah. Because these two days of shaking, I didn't even leave my apartment. That like never happens, right? Blinds down. I couldn't like sleep. I was like in and out. Like and this was me. The only when it was at its most intense periods any other human would have gone to the hospital for the most part. But yeah. because I've practiced meditation and breathing holy techniques so long, sh- I was controlling my heart rate and it out. was like, it was, oh yeah. Anyone with anxiety would have like, I you would have like probably been, been having a heart Xanax. attack. Yeah. And I just reminded myself like, all right, CP, you did this yourself. Like, all right, this is all realistic. You're feeling human it's emotions. Temporary. This is the pain mm-hmm. you put yourself in here. Like this is no one to blame. You had fun. I yeah. was embarrassed at this point. I was just Aww. like, holy shit.
1: Yeah.
0: I had so much fun. Right. But I was yeah. like, I'm never oh. going on a guy's trip again.
1: I don't, I don't like
0: Mexico that much. I know. I'm never drinking again. Oh, yeah. That also I'm embarrassed happens. because yeah. who did I meet that I don't remember and they're going to come into my life and they're like, That's Connor, good to see you. a story. I agree. Yeah. Right. But this is what's going through my head. Right. I want to share internal and external variables because right. I want people to feel how low it can feel. Right. Oh, yeah. And they see me it's on the bad. outside and they don't know the things that I probably felt. Experienced, right? But yeah. this happened pretty recently. Right. We're yeah. going to say two and a half months ago. Yeah. What happened after? Yeah. Well, the only way I pulled myself out of this dark, deep abyss inside the mountain, inside the valley, inside the crevice was whew, one step. Climbing. And what I knew in my mind was I need to get back to my routine. Yeah. When I'm in routine, and that means waking up at 4.45 or 4.15, right? At the gym by 4.45, like cold showers, eating my oatmeal, like doing this. That's when I know Connor's happy and I'm happy because I know I'm growing, right? I'm right. investing in the future Connor.
1: Right. And it's comforting. Routine it's is comforting. so comforting. comforting. Like when everything else seems out of control and unpredictable, like that's why routine is a blessing because it's like, I know that I'm going to be at the gym at this time and eating my oatmeal at six o'clock. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that it's for everyone, but I can see how that brought you peace. So after that,
0: (laughs) all of this happened, I fought so hard to get back. Like I've never had to fight like this. Yeah. Like,
1: but now, you know, there was so many,
0: well, what happened next blew my mind. Right When I tell you that some version of me, I broke out of a shell, I had to hit that low, and it showed me this side of life that I had never felt. And it showed me, like, damn, people in this world feel this consistently, and they don't know how to get out.
1: It makes you have compassion.
0: Compassion. And then it was like, holy shit, CP. You've always done well. Good to get up to this point. You don't want to get here again. Yeah. And it it gave me contrast. It gave me this... it it is literally what helped me break free of like this past. Now the next level, and this goes into like this sub story and this is how I broke free of the past relationship and my future. So when I got out of this five and a half year relationship within like two weeks, this girl, I don't want to say any geographic location or or give context. She like sniped me. She was, she was smart. And and this might be true. It might not be. She swooped in right after like 10 days and it wasn't even like it was official, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. not like back in the day where it's like, On Facebook, you see they are not in a relationship anymore. It's like, oh, it's official. Yeah. No, none of that shit was happening, right? Women have this secret PI. I think every female, for the most part, has this like little PI inside that they can just like they can read things on social that a guy's like, oh yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're (laughs) like, I know exactly what's happening. I know exactly where he's at. She wore that outfit last week. No, it seriously worked. Right. Yeah. And she swooped in, and that helped me to some degree. It was a crutch getting out of a relationship because I had this this person but yes. it wasn't in San Diego which right. almost it was nice because I had someone to talk to yes to talk and, and she gave and then you really sound like advice. Hang out
1: with every night on school nights
0: yeah just kidding I felt like that yeah it felt like that for real like yeah. I traditionally am not a person that's going to be on calls like through the night I have some no, buddies same. that are like I was on I fell asleep on a call and I woke up this morning we're still on the phone I'm like dude
1: no I'm too psychotic I care way too much <laughs> about my like, sleep yeah and phone in the, the other side of the room that. at 8 30 p.m goodbye yeah
0: <laughs> yeah well she was the crutch I would consider her as like this future potential relationship. I didn't want a relationship. I knew that, but I had this future but you girl, knew there was potential. and so I had a crutch forward, right? Right. But then behind me, I had the ex, yeah. And I was in this middle, and it was nice because I had someone to like lean on when right. I was going through this shit, because I knew I was healing and I yeah. wasn't consuming substances or anything. Right. And this right. individual also was doing the seventy-five hard challenge with me. Oh, so perfect. So it was like win-win. We had yeah, like we were on yeah. the same page, and. After now, we're gonna fast forward to like what I just explained. Okay. Deepest lows, got out of the crevice. Yep. Two weeks later, I'm out door knocking, right? And I am at this point, I haven't talked to the ex. I've had her blocked, like, and I, I told we were on we're on good terms. Like there's no hate, there was no dirty or nasty breakup, there wasn't a reason to it, it wasn't like he or she cheated on each other, right? Like you said earlier, that, that can almost be a challenge in ways. It oh, was just, we knew we grew apart. It was yeah. out of love. We went our own ways. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. Like she made me a better person. I hope the best for her. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I genuinely do. I hope she's happy. Right. She deserves it. I am fucking excited for my life and I see yeah. what's happening. Um, well, I'm door knocking and I'm helping a customer at their door. And I'm like, this is the thing where you get paid, right? You're, you're knocking on a bunch of doors to hopefully get three or five of these yeah. each day. And I'm actually helping. And all of a sudden, again, haven't talked to her in like two or three months plus. And I'm feel like showing the phone, all of a sudden this FaceTime video notification comes in. And like, it doesn't even like, it takes like two seconds for me to even realize this is the X, it's not a phone call. It's yeah. a FaceTime video.
1: Yeah. It takes like, like three seconds. <laughs> the thing
0: is Steph. When I comprehended who it was, I had this feeling in my body, right? And it was this vibration And I felt it from my arms, through my chest, in my legs, and like just thinking about it right now, I can feel it again. And it was this vibration that wasn't good. Like Mm. it wasn't a good feeling. Yeah. It wasn't. And that's something that later it showed me, like, damn Connor, you're doing the right thing. Just keep fucking moving forward. Yeah. And so anyway, help the customer. And I'm like, what the hell? Like when you, you end a relationship. I think it's probably common or maybe I'm different. You think what's the first interaction gonna be like with my ex? Yeah. Right? Like am I gonna see them in a grocery store with another person? Yeah. Are they gonna be is it it's gonna be an engagement feeling. notification? Like who cares, right? But you usually our mind likes to think worst case scenario. Yeah. And so the fact that this was it, I was like, Okay, I call her back, like, are you good? Yeah. And she's like hysterically crying. Yeah. And I'm like, Whoa, slow down, like are you you good? Like yeah. I can understand you right now. And anyway, long story short. I, we get off this call and luckily, like everything was good. I was able to help her. I go sit in the car for a second right after. And I didn't realize what just really happened. And I sit in the car and I look in the rear view mirror and I look at myself and I am just smiling cheek to cheek. Like it is a smile I haven't seen in myself in like years. This is like back to like when I'm a kid and I just start like laughing a little bit and I'm talking (laughs) to myself again. This is CP talk, right? And I'm like, damn, I just immediately was this feeling of like love for myself. And damn, I just handled myself so well. I have no emotional attachment. Like, holy shit. In my yeah, mind, like I'm like, the, I created it. It's almost like alcohol. When you, you go seven to 10 days without alcohol, it becomes exponentially easier because you're like, damn, it wasn't that hard.
1: No, oh, yeah. Right. Like I think anything. it's like
0: that too. And mm-hmm. when you come into that interaction, it's like, it showed me that I had worked so hard. And it I was, was like, game damn. Day. So it started in my visual that I'm going to give yeah. is like this past was like detached. Yeah. Right? So this past, it allowed me to move forward. This is the wild shit. Same fucking day. I, right. I had just been knocking. So I sit in the car. This happens. I'm, I'm only sitting there like kind of happy looking at me like for like three minutes, like just happy. Like, holy yeah, shit, like, CP. Like what I did. you thought about this way too much. Yeah. And, and it happened. And like, you're emotionally sound. Yeah. Like I'm not going to point fingers at anything. Like I hope yeah. everyone's happy. And... I go back out to knock 55 minutes later. It was no more than an hour. I look down at my phone. I get a, like I I, see, I got a text and it's the girl of the future that I'm just giving this example, right. Right. That lives in the other city that kind of came in right after. And it's this Bible verse text, not Bible verse, but like it's a chapter book text. And I know And so I'm not even reading it yet. I'm just like, Oh, okay. I know that if I get those types of texts, it's going to be some kind of like, all right, yeah. she really wants to explain something. She like, was someone that didn't want to send audio be messages, a right? In. Happening. And she's like, Hey, um, I just want you to know, like, I'm pursuing this other individual. I know we've spent so much time over the last, whatever, three or four months, uh-huh. like, hanging out. And she wanted a relationship the whole time. Yeah. And I told her from the start, and she's completely understanding. Right. I have no doubt that she will continue to be a friend and someone yeah. close to me in life. Yeah. And the wild thing is, Steph, is I completely understood everything. Like, it wasn't in any way. I yeah, was like, you, no, you this isn't incorrect. Any, there were parts of it that yeah. I was like, that hurts. Yeah. But it's true. Right. And it's like, that you didn't that. means you
1: cared about her. Right. It's not going to... I hurt. go
0: back to the car. And I start crying hysterically, like laughing. Like, it, I've never cried like this laughing. Yeah. And when I look at the mirror at this point, I think this is like that first version I didn't know why I was so happy. I had literally just broken out of this shell. I, for the first time, didn't have a crutch. What I realized then is I've always kind of had women in my life to have a crutch. And for the first time, I didn't. Mm -hmm. And this is when fucking life transformed. I share all of this in detail because I had to feel the lowest lows. And I've never shared this with anyone. Mm -hmm. I want to do it. And I hope that maybe it relates to someone. Maybe it doesn't. And maybe it will in the future if you remember this. Yeah. But goddamn now i can attract things that are effortless like yeah. i'm not putting time in because i did this work so sorry to, to take over for a second but no, I, get, I get passionate about story. this because i've done so much reflection about this and i think people on the outside don't understand what type of internal work happened right. for anyone listening yeah. i'm giving you like you didn't exactly just what milk happened it, out. it yeah. wasn't easy yeah. and it wasn't was it worth it i can't imagine a life without it yeah. right and when you went back to you know you're either when when adversity comes you're either going to fight it and go i'm i'm this <laughs> This is minor shit in life. Or like, you're gonna be, no be like, the, the world
1: what. hates me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm
0: mm-hmm. gonna get over this or not. So. Yeah, that's. Beautiful. That is my long-winded answer. And, and you're absolutely right. I'm glad I get to share that with you.
1: No, I I loved the story, and I feel like you need to experience those lows because there's it's like the stock market. Without lows, there's no highs. So, everything balances out in life. Reversion to the mean, as I always say. But. That's a beautiful story and I feel like it was a spiritual spiritual awakening for you almost. So it was. There's a different yeah.
0: version. I might look the same, but not in here. Not something, where it there's matters. Something different. Yeah. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for coming on, Steph. You Thank are awesome. Thanks for having
1: me. This is awesome. Incredible. I
0: recommend to anyone definitely go subscribe to the <laughs> Plan D podcast. You get these types of conversations every single week. And where can people get in contact with you? Yeah.
1: Um, At Steph Teagan. It's S-T-E-P-H-T-A-G-A-N. And then also, can you pimp out your podcast in case I steal this audio and put it on mine?
0: Yeah. Make sure you uh, stay tuned to the Social (laughs) Seller Podcast, right? Again, what is the Social Seller? It goes beyond sales. It's being a high-quality human. It is living a congruent life, just like Steph. You don't work in sales but you sell yourself and you've sold a better life to yourself and you've created it firsthand, right? And these are the conversations we have. Now every Tuesday, the new episode drops on YouTube, Apple and Spotify at 9am Pacific standard time, 12pm Eastern standard time. This is free value based content and we would greatly appreciate more feedback. Thank you so much. We see more and more feedback every episode we put out along with the educational content, free value content we're putting out every single week, anywhere from four to six videos. That is for you and uh we'll see you on the inside thanks again stash
1: thanks for having You're me ah awesome. oh.